You took some real gambles, eh? Well, that's it, and it, it, whatever. It's week one. Uh, there's no preseason. There's no anything. So anyway, I'll get into that. But yeah, I took gambles. So I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, fuck, you never know. It's it's week one. Hey. No preseason. Anything can happen. I figure if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen that week. And I was wrong. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Right. Right. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. All right, all right. Welcome. Starting to get a little bit... <laughs> what? what? Are you laughing about your did, sniffs? Did you have to pick the sexiest picture of me in the gym for the for our opening? That well, Hey, you should have said it wasn't the sexiest one, then it would have kept everybody wondering what could be out there. No, that's as good as it that's gets. That's as good as it gets? Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to, you know, I got to make you look good still. If I'm going to put Thanks, that man. thing together, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give you a picture of you uh, wolfing down bags of simple chips at Kurt's house, like something like that. Like, just not, you're in the fitness industry, bro. <laughs> so how you been? Yeah. Uh, not bad. Not bad. This week has been, uh, has been good. Um, you know, some stuff going on with, uh, with school that uh, this course that I'm taking is just awesome. If anybody who's a sports fan uh, and has you know a, a, some money to burn, I guess uh, I highly recommend this course. If it's called the Global Sports Management, it's run through NYU, uh, New York University, and uh, it's really really neat. I'm learning a lot. I, it's the, the first time in my life I've been in school where I actually look forward to the next lesson. I'm, I'm learning tons. Like some of these things I posted, the po- thing I posted this morning on our page about the NCAA. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of kind of already knew that, but they, they they dug a little deeper during the during the lesson and uh, just really cool stuff. Anyway, I highly recommend it. Um, I'll continue to share tidbits of fun facts uh, as I go along with this course. But anyway. Don't you wish uh, like you would do high school and then people might work or travel or you know do some experiment uh, experiences and then say you know what this is what i want to do with my life and now i'll go back to school i find that you go right yep. to university after high school i have no clue i literally you fall into whatever major happens to to suit your 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 bill at the time you're like oh well i'm getting good grades in geography and education so i guess i'll major in that but really what do you want to do with your life and i think now i would appreciate going back to school so i i applaud you for registering and doing that kind of stuff i would register too but really i'm banking on the fact that i'll get it free from you because you'll just spew all the information back to me so uh, i don't think i need the certificate at this point but the knowledge uh, i would like to pick your brain and and hear what you're learning because i'm interested in it um but yeah i would have liked to have done school and appreciated school for what it was you know if i had done it like in my you know mid to late 20s even like just a a little bit later in life as opposed to focusing on trying to get out of school so quickly. Well, it's funny. I, you know, I, even, even in school, you know, things like being in a classroom for 75 minutes, it's, uh, for a guy like me, I can't sit still for very long. I, I have a hard time uh, being in a classroom for 75 minutes. So this course that I'm taking allows me to do it at my own pace and my own speed. And, and the mini clips per se, I don't even know how to, how to explain it, but the, the, the lessons, the course lessons that are being taught, they're they're broken up into like eight to ten minute segments. So you can watch one 
and not feel like you're overwhelmed having to sit there and watch 75 minutes to complete the damn thing. So like they're broken down. And if you know what, if you want to take a break after the, after the one 10 minute lesson is done, you can, and you, you're not obligated to, uh, to watch 75 minutes. It's, it's mentally, it's a lot easier to deal with than a being in a classroom and B having to commit to 75 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that comes from, <clears throat> you know, you're not in a, in a classroom where there's discussions and whatnot. So if you have a, an hour and a half class where there are discussions and activities you're doing with your, your uh, I don't know, fellow students, um, the time goes by quicker. But if it's a straight lecture style, an hour and a half is, is too long. And if you can break it down and, and, and go from an e-learning standpoint, I think obviously the transition is going that way too. So I think you'll see more yeah. and more um, at least options you know, for, for students who, who can't and can't sit still for an hour and a half, you have e-learning options, which could very much be uh, better suited for them and they'll get more out of it. And with this whole for COVID sure. thing, that's just where it's going. So, uh, but anyway, uh, applaud you for, for taking that course. And thanks, uh, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am intrigued. It's all stuff that's, uh, that's very interesting you'd from a it. sports uh, standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, you'd love it. Speaking of love it, uh, these hats, man. <laughs> This is my new favorite hat. Right? Fits pretty good. The it's unstructured. Like your hat, your head is unstructured. Therefore, <laughs> you, got, you got to have a good head to be unstructured. If I had so unstructured. my psychologist says. Yeah, I would look uh, like I was wearing a yarmulke or something like that. But, uh, and when you have a big round face, you can't wear that. But you, you pull it off. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, you, sir. Pretty good. I think the logo looks pretty good, too. Like, it stands out a bit better than this. Is I'm wearing the first run, which is not bad. But, uh yeah, hey, that came in pretty clear. That's good. Nice, eh? It is nice. Beautiful. Again, the guys at Chris at Clubhouse does a great job uh, adjusting and knowing what's going to look good and what's not going to look good. So he's still got some ideas moving forward. Um, again, of just maybe a, a mic and two bigger stars kind of thing too, like some yeah. basic stuff. And if you want, uh, anyway, for your visor, that kind of stuff might be nice. And anyway, yada yada. Good shout stuff. out to uh, shout out to Clubhouse on Maryville. It was the first one I think in the city. I remember my brother used to take me there when I was in a teenager, and uh, it was I, there weren't that many stores in Ottawa. In fact, I I'm sure it was the only one that sold licensed apparel mm. back in the day. It was hard to find, and it wasn't like you could just go online. '94, there wasn't online shopping. It was catalog crap. So I mean, it was uh, one of the first stores. Is that where is that where you went to, or is there, is there a clubhouse closer to your house? There's only one clubhouse now, so it's the same owner, same Chris, and it was his father that started it. Uh, but there was the one in Maryville, then they moved. They have one in, on Green Bank in Barhaven, then they had one in Canada as well. But they closed the Canada. I think it was before the COVID. It wasn't directly related, but he's just like, there's no point of us having two. So the, the only spot they have left is the one in Green Bank, not far from my, my house. But okay. they do everything out of there. He does his own, again, designs a lot of the hats, but he has his licensed apparel as well. I remember the Maryville, though. I went there. I got a, yeah. I had a Texas basketball jersey custom made with my number, <laughs> and it was like a white uh, silk almost like uh what's that oh, you uh, know what? i remember that on you actually like it, it was that. nowadays you'd never catch me in it but <laughs> they did a good they did a good job and uh it, it worked for what i asked for but anyway um yeah they had and for some... those uh concerned with prices just uh as a as being a jersey freak myself and i'm constantly like just um, if I'm not on eBay, I'm on Marketplace. And if I'm not on Marketplace, I'm on Fanatics.com. I can say that Clubhouse is, is par for the course in terms of uh, market value. What, what you're getting, you're not overspending. Um, 
you, you occasionally they'll have a rack of sales, but generally speaking, what they charge is what you'd normally pay. So if you're if you're worried about overspending on a jersey at Clubhouse, you're not. It's it's about par for the course. So yeah, actually, yeah, Chris brought up. He's like, oh, your logo is great for, and he showed me the hoodies he does with like six one three logo that he has and whatever. But he's like, we can make this big patch with the big. Anyway, so he's got me on. The next wave is going to be getting hoodies and stuff like that for those who want them. Um, I love it. And we're getting into hoodie season, which is great yeah. for fat guys because now we get to layer up <laughs> and uh, get back ready for hibernation. But anyway. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, you want to do uh, some headlines? I do. Let's do it. Headlines with Brock and Pep. Still a superhero theme. I love it. I like it. I like it. Speaking right, of superheroes, I got. I want to start with the NHL. We haven't talked about the NHL at all, really, uh, since our teams. Yeah, the uh, interest fell, level fell came, off the planet. Our, my interest level like fell right off with uh, with hockey. After I mean, who's left? There's uh, three teams left right now. Um, yeah. But after I guess even when Vancouver was out. Um, you know, the last Canadian team, not that that was the make or break, but I just started to lose interest once, I guess when basketball started getting the playoffs and the Raptors were in it. Um, so you get the Raptors, the Jays, and I started to lose a little bit of, of, uh, focus on the hockey though. Yeah. I, I think that's what happened with, with me. I, uh, I love basketball, so I'll continue to watch, but for hockey, I don't love it uh, enough to watch. The remaining American teams play, and I just—that's just a, a bold fact for me. I, but that being said, uh, I do want to shout out the Dallas Stars who are making the Stanley Cup final. And uh, Rick Bonus, yeah, uh, shout out to I, I Rick Bonus. Uh, shout out to Rick Bonus. I don't think anybody saw this happening necessarily. I mean, the Stars are a veteran team, but uh, I didn't see them making the Stanley Cup final. However, you and I brought up a team that had a couple of guys who had a lot of success uh, throughout the 2000s, the Anaheim Ducks. And Jamie Benn and Tyler Senge remind me very much of Getzlaff and Perry. And uh, it looks like, you know, no matter how many years have gone by since uh, since the days of the freewheeling hockey, it still stands true today that you need your best players. You need, you need a, a big guy, big power forward who can put the puck in the net, and you need a skilled guy who's not afraid to muck it up, and which which brings hope to the Edmonton Oilers because I think McDavid is not afraid to muck it up, and he's the best player in the NHL. And then Drysaitel fits that power forward style, so there's hope in Edmonton still. But if you look at all the great teams, they have that combination. Yeah, you need more than just those two guys, and Edmonton is clearly uh, showing that. But they have. I mean, we've talked about it for the last little while. Edmonton has the nucleus to do that. You got to start piecing yeah. the right ones around it. Um, but yeah, Dallas is Dallas is a, f- a pretty fun team to watch, and I can see the comparison you have with the Ducks. Um, shout out for to that 2007 Ducks team that actually won the Stanley Cup here in Ottawa. Great team, great team. Andy McDonald, uh, fellow Colgate alumni. I remember being a freshman going down. He was probably a junior at the time. And uh, <clears throat> being a Canadian, you know, I'd be around the rink and stuff anyway because it kind of reminded me of home. And uh, there was some allure to that rink too because the the old barn at Colgate was actually uh, part of where uh, Slapshot was filmed, which is, you know. Oh, again, right. For, okay. For me, it was great. 
But I would go early in the morning. We'd have our early runs or whatever, and I would always kind of go through the rink. And because uh, it's kind of on our way to the locker room, you can kind of scooch over. And uh, Andy McDonald would be out there almost every time it went by when I think it's dead. And he would be out there by himself running drills and going through his motions. And he was undersized as a as a player yeah. and undersized in the NHL. Um, but he ended up scoring, I think they won 2-1 in that last game, six or whatever it was, in Ottawa. And uh, he got both goals. Like, he was a very, very big part of that team who won the Stanley Cup. And, uh, you know, I was pretty proud as, a, as an alumnus that uh, a kid that I watched and cheered and, and watched him work and, and go through got that cup. Obviously, it sucked it was against Ottawa. But, um, yeah, he was uh, pretty impressive. Well, that that Ducks team was uh, was a I mean Scott Niedermeyer was on that team and they had you know Pronger I mean that was a, that was a stack defense team, but was guys, ridiculous but it's always it's always the character guys like Andy McDonald who come up big and uh, and uh, they're the ones that you know when the game gets really tight they're the ones that need to step up so uh, anyway Dallas Stars congratulations the Islanders won last night in overtime to stay alive it's a three two series I think uh, Jordan Everly scored the overtime goal I believe. Yeah, do you, what's a more intriguing matchup, Dallas and Tampa, or Dallas and uh, and uh, New York? Um, intriguing is probably a Dallas and Tampa. Um, I think Tampa's got a lot to prove. Um, still, I know without Braden Point, they're they're and uh, uh, Stamkos, they're sort of shorthanded. But I think you know a Vasilevsky versus uh, what's the Dallas? I love Dallas's goalies. It's it's, it's Kudobin now. Kudobin, but, the chunky yeah. Russian. I say chunky. He's not chunky, but he's you know, he's, I don't know, he's a character, to say the yeah. least. And uh, so it's very enjoying watching him and Vesles. He's got a few things he's got to prove. Um, I think Tampa has been on the cusp for a few years, and they got to really, you know, there's a lot more pressure on them. I think it'd be uh, intriguing from the standpoint that Tampa has pressure and Dallas really doesn't and should be playing pretty loose. Um, but with Agreed. a lot of energy, a lot of, you know, the old, uh, the old guys getting another little, uh, taste at it and that step coming back and you know you can see the excitement in, in guys like Corey Perry who you know were on that 07 team but haven't been back since and uh, you know anyway it's uh, I would be more intrigued than that although I am hoping the Islanders beat Tampa because I I like the Islanders more than I do Tampa for sure there's a couple of storylines I think in between Tampa and uh, Dallas with uh, well I won for sure Ben Bishop I think played for both teams so and he's not playing he's not actively playing i think it's kudobin who's going to have the uh the the get the nod in yeah. the net but i mean there's some storyline there and i mean i i think tampa's the best team in the nhl so it'd be i think it'd be nice to see dallas play the best team in the nhl and see see who wins but i uh i, I like the islanders because i like barry trotz and i like <clears> the their grit and the way they play no one again the islanders in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think anybody predicted that midway through the season. So pretty cool. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk, basically cut loose by the uh, the Minnesota Wild. Um, he could probably be had for cheap. He's regressed. You think a team picks him up, uh, a Canadian team picks him up? Toronto, uh, maybe he comes back to Montreal? Um, I honestly don't have a lot of opinion on that. I could see a team like Toronto's notorious for trying to get guys like that. Um on the cheap, he's only on 26. The cheap, you know, uh, they think that people are going to come in there and, and it's kind of like Toronto likes to be what New England does in football, but unsuccessfully. Yeah. Like yeah. the hoodie will bring guys in and all of a sudden you're like, wow, he still does have game, you know, and he came in and, and hoodie got the best out of him. Toronto, they bring him in hoping he's going to do it and they just die off. 
So it's an interesting. I have no, uh, yeah, I have no. Uh, I don't know. No say on that. Nah. He was a have anyway. I really I don't uh, follow. How about uh, Panthers assistant coach Mike Kitchen? Uh, yeah, was re- released from the team for uh, kicking a player in the back full throttle after the player skated back. I think it just uh, in frustration threw a water bottle and, and it, yeah. it hit Kitchen and it, it it doused him with water like it, it soaked him. So he kicked the guy. Um, it's just that's just wrong on every level. And if it, if I was the player, I would have just been like. Someone, someone physically abused me. I'm turning around, and I don't care if he's my coach. These are <laughs> you know? like the player. These are men. We don't know what player it was, right? Uh, they, they didn't. No, they haven't specified what player it was. Okay, this coach is kicking. I guarantee he's a a young player who's a role player, and essentially uh, knows that if there like. If there was, there would be more consequences for him losing his job and being, you know, maybe cut from the team or something like that, or that's what he was worried about, and yeah. wasn't comfortable enough doing it. If he was kicking somebody who was a vet, you know, I'm not going to use Ovechkin, you know, because that's a no-brainer. But even an established defenseman who's been in the league for three or four years, um, you know, understands his role, understands how things are supposed to be run, and how the people are supposed to act. And if he was kicked. Regardless of the situation, I guarantee he would have pummeled that coach. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I think, uh, <clears throat> I, I think, uh, kudos to the uh, Florida Panthers for releasing this coach of his duties. And uh, I mean, that's just unacceptable behavior. I uh, craziness. When anyway. did it happen? Anyway, I think it happened. My issue was mm-hmm. that why it was addressed and brought to the coach and GM's attention. I think right after the game, and uh, I feel like there was. I have to check dates but i thought that there was a bit of like it took too long for them to be fired but anyway that's uh neither here nor there but if it is that was my one issue with it well we can follow up on that i know there was a a follow-up story about bill peters doing the same thing to a player i mean the same bill peters who's being accused of uh of uh, racial slurs in the locker room with uh, Keem aliu um, I guess there was another incident with with a uh an uh, uh, african-american player where he kicked him um Anyway, uh, don't have a lot of uh, news to report on that, but if okay. we do find out some more, we can we can talk about it. Um, that's all I got for hockey. I mean, really, you know, again, we're uh, our interest, like we said, I've, it's it's waned since our teams sort of fell off the uh, fell off the map. But um, I did want to talk a little bit of Jays. You know, they're not guaranteed a playoff spot. Toronto Blue Jays, that is, they're not guaranteed a playoff spot. I think a week and a half ago, I'm I'm still excited. I think we're all excited, but. You know, we started to see some chinks in the armor when they got hammered by the New York Mets. They ended up winning that series uh, two to one, but the free game one of that series, they got hammered like seventeen to two or something like that. Um, we saw the same thing last night uh, against the New York Yankees. Brock, their defense is atrocious. Yeah. That that's the the biggest thing is we sort of are living and dying by how many runs we can put up and can we make the plays that we need to make if we need to make a defensive play that is outside the regular professional ability plays so r- routine double plays, routine fly balls, even that last night with Derek Fisher showed to be too much for him. Um, you know, we're, we're toast. And I, 
I don't know. I went to bed. It was before I think the game was over officially last night. And I, I was thinking, I was like, should there be a rule in baseball, especially in a shortened season with 60 games, to be like, you know what? In we the forfeit. six, when we have Giles on the mound in the six and whatever, just say, you know what? We're good, guys. You guys take it. Let's move on. You know, it's yeah. a short season. Let's get to bed. Let's whatever. Rest your arms. You know what I mean? So you can say, oh, maybe we can come back. Yeah, sure. There's some of that. But <clears throat> you say, look, I don't want to put another guy out there that I can't use tomorrow night or whatever. So let's just let's just call it a day and move on. Nobody's watching it from a fan standpoint. The players aren't really into it. Just just call it. They talked about that in the preseason about uh, uh, like a, a forfeit after seven, which is I think is fair. It's two two full innings can last. Who knows? Like <clears throat> it took them an hour and a half to play four. I uh, know it took them two hours to play f- uh, four innings last night. So you know, two getting uh, shortening the game by two innings if it's a blowout. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good with it. You know, uh, we've seen teams come back from ten runs, but when it's tw- when it's seventeen, wave the to white three, flag. Yeah, wave just... the white flag. Call it a day. Uh, my my issue last night wasn't so much the the uh, actual error; it was the timing of it. Your pitcher's rolling. It's the second inning. He's only thrown twenty five pitches. Okay, in the in the majors now, teams are taking counts three two almost every at bat. So for a guy to get through two innings at twenty five pitches, he's rolling. I mean that's a that's a six or that's a six or seven inning start from your starting pitcher. That's what teams want. Twenty five pitches. Fisher drops a fly ball. Drops a fly ball in his glove, like literally in his glove. It wasn't a he wasn't diving. He wasn't turning. He wasn't in his glove. The inning continues. Next batter up. The, the hits a hits a ball towards Fisher. He runs into the wall because he has no sense of where he's uh, spatial awareness. Run scores, and then all of a sudden, home run, home run. It's seven one. He's up to forty one pitches. I mean, what? Yeah. First of all, Derek Fisher has no business being on that roster. He showed me nothing. He showed me no defense. He showed me a little bit of speed as a pinch runner, but really, they could pretty Espinal could be that guy. I mean, it's just atrocious what he's brought to the team. And why Atkins and Shapiro are in love with this guy? But it's their quote. It's his his power is intriguing. His power? What? I've seen nothing. He hit a home run a couple games ago. So what's the deal, Brock? Why do they keep this guy on their roster? They have plenty of options. Well, when you see guys like that, you know, I think, why aren't we keeping a guy like Kevin Pillar? You know, where I say, you know what? Defensively, the guy is a stud. He is a guy who covers so much ground and makes that outfield 10 times better immediately for being on the field. Sure, he goes through ups and downs at the plate. But if he can take walks and you can work with him, you got Bo Bichette, uh, Dante Bichette there and stuff. Maybe you, you work with him on the hitting. If he gets on base, takes more walks, he's a he's a threat to steal. Like, he's very athletic. He's a character guy. Those are the guys I say, you know what? I can live with striking out or maybe not coming through in the clutch in terms of, like, at the bat. But because everybody, no matter how good you are, uh, the best player in baseball is going to hit, you know, four out of ten times. You know, so it like they say, it's a sport of failure. But if you can't catch an outfield fly ball or you can't make the defensive play when you need to, that's the issue I have. So I would much rather see them get rid of Fisher. I don't care what his power is. And for the record, 
you know, I'm at a stage where I look and I watch these highlights and I cringe. I feel so bad for the athlete. I feel bad for Fisher. Like every, anybody who's ever played sports at a high level has made some screw up. That's enough that you just feel the blood rush out of your face and you just want to crawl under a rock. You that's got, what happened. You, and then what happened is he got another ball back and you <laughs> hope that he can, he can make the catch and sort of get over it. But you are so mentally toast that that makes it even harder the second time to do it. And then from a pitcher standpoint, you know, yeah, he was rolling, but not only was it a pitch count going up, but you already had that, like he was walking off the field. Like I got this done. And then you say, Oh shit. And so mentally you've, you're now in the dugout taking a break and you gotta come back and focus. That's tough to do, but I would rather see uh, the Jays get Pilar and put it like, I just, I miss him. I miss that yeah. kind of guy in the outfield. I miss him. I, Ryan Golans was another guy that I'm like, you know what? If a ball is hit anywhere near him, he's going to make that spectacular play. He's going to do what he has to do. Sure. You know, he's not hitting 300, but I'll take those guys that make things happen on the defensive side before I take a guy who maybe hits home runs more often. Well, look at I and mean, we look at the history of the AL East. Uh, every team, every successful team, the the Rays, the Yankees, the Red Sox, who have been good for the last two decades, they have got veteran guys who they can count on defensively. You know, Brett Gardner, Aaron Hicks, those guys. These guys aren't studs, but they're consistently good on defense. Uh, you know, the Red Sox have had oh, Pedroia has been on that team for years. He's still, act, I believe, actually on their team. Um, you know, before him, Johnny Damon, guys that they can count on. The Jays just sort of shuffle up, shuffle out their uh, outfield every couple of years. And Teoscar at least can make up for his defensive woes by slugging, you know, and uh, Fisher just hasn't. So anyway, I, you know, I would have liked to see them keep Billy McKinney, a guy who works hard and, uh, and is uh, a b slightly above average in the field. You know, a, a guy who's going to dive for a ball anyway. Uh, it was very frustrating to watch. 20-6 to six loss in Game 1. I mean, are they going to repeat what they did against the Mets and win the next two? Who knows? But nothing's a sure shot here, guys. And Yankees have just leapfrogged the Jays. And there's two teams hot on their tails. So <clears throat> the, J the Jays, this is not a sure shot, you know? It's not a sure shot. And the Yankees are starting to get a bit healthy, too, which is not going to make things any easier. But yeah, like you said, I think you texted me last night, the Jays got a got to start focusing because we're, I think, playoffs start September 29th, I saw. So if they're not going to start taking that next level, shift gears, say we are in playoff mode at this point. So you play yeah. the guys who are going to get you there, get some sort of chemistry going. You know, you see um, um, uh, not Bichette. Who's our stud? Um, BGO. BGO, thank Guerrero. you. Yeah. BGO is playing multiple positions all over the place. He plays them well, but you start. You got to start having a starting nine who you go to, and you say, "This is what we're yeah. starting the game with." And every game we're going to start with this or whatever until we're at a spot where we can start putting some replacements in. But you need to start getting that cohesiveness uh, and chemistry now, or it's going to be too late. Yeah, anyway. I'll, I'll take that to another level, Brock. <clears throat> uh, the, even just the batting lineup, and I, part of that is Charlie Montoyo. I, he has to take some some credit for what's gone on, but he also has to take some blame for every day is a different lineup. The only consistency he's had is Biggio at the top of the lineup and Bichette, I think, hitting too consistently now. But, uh, you know, he flip-flops Guerrero all over the all over the lineup. Uh, he's got Shaw, who hits... He's hitting 230 with five home runs or whatever. He's got Shaw hitting third. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I know Telez is out with an injury, but, like, 
what's your what are you trying to do with your lineup? Uh, I do like Alejandro Kirk a lot. I know he's he's uh, he's going to be a, a great major league catcher with a few more years under his belt. He looks like he's a good receiver so far up to now, and his bat's pretty solid. So the Jays may have found a, a, a their catcher of the future. No offense to Jansen, but Jansen hasn't shown me anything at the plate. So, anyways, the Jays uh, going to be tough next couple of weeks. We're still cheering for them. I'm still excited. Don't get me wrong, but they got to tighten up their D. Um, quick, quick NBA take, Brock. Did you watch any of the Clippers uh, Nuggets game last night? Uh, I watched some of it again. I didn't stay up uh, as late. <laughs> I got to get ready for a rinks and links tournament this weekend, so I got to start getting used to getting up a little bit earlier because I'm sure. supposed to be playing goalie at like eight in the morning. And uh, <laughs> Rocky's out of shape, uh, out of getting <laughs> up, uh, stiff. Anyway, it's going to be a long Saturday. But anyway, I got up. I didn't watch any. Look at any of the scores. <laughs> I went and watched the highlights. Um, <clears throat> when I went to bed. The Clippers were up. At one point, they were up 16, and then Denver had come back to bring it to within about six. So I was like, you know what? I'm out, but I'm going to check this out and see what happens. And I missed a pretty good finale. Um, Well, well, not the actual last seconds, but, I mean, our Canadian boy, Murray, is playing pretty good basketball right now. He outscored Leonard and George combined. George only had 10 points. George was two for 13. Or something like no, he, no. He was sorry. He's two for twelve from three point land, and he was like four for four for fifteen or, or something stupid from the Awful. field. Look, Leonard wasn't much better. Leonard only had fourteen points. So I mean, uh, I don't know what to say about Denver. They they were down three one to the Jazz, came back and won that. They were down three one to the Clippers. Not only were they down three one to the Clippers, Brock, but the two games that they won games uh, five, six, and seven, all three of them, they were down by double digits. They, down by double digits whatever, in the yeah. third quarter yeah, and came back. I mean, and watching them play basketball is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful pick and roll. Uh, Jokic sets the most perfect screens. He's not running into the guy. He never gets an offensive foul when he's setting the screen. He's, he's fundamentally perfect when it comes to those little things. He rolls to the basket. He's a phenomenal passer. He made a behind-the-back pass yesterday, behind-the-head pass, no look. So two hands this way, right in Jamal Murray's hands. I mean, the commentators were losing their marbles. I was losing my mind. I mean, he is literally seven foot one Larry Bird. So Nikola Jokic, if you haven't seen him play, if or if you don't watch the Denver Nuggets, which I mean, I don't think I've watched that many of their games this year because they played uh, they played late. <clears throat> and they're what not a on our fun, fun team to watch. Paul Millsap, a veteran player, he's playing uh, outstanding basketball. They're just so fun to watch. They're so fun to watch. They're going to give the Lakers all they can handle. Believe me, they're going to give the Lakers all they can handle. I know the Lakers match up well against them, so I'm interested to see, but congratulations to uh, Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets crew. Great coaching staff, fun team, and classy. Did you hear Murray and uh, Jokic uh, uh, post-game interview? Uh, Murray's, yeah. <laughs> well, they were they were doing it together on the court. No, I didn't see that one. <laughs> those guys, those guys clearly love each other. It's so cool. Joker's a, a he's a he's a prankster, right? He's just a fun guy, easygoing guy, and he's uh, wow. It's they're so fun to watch. They're lovable. You, they're quickly now one of my favorite teams. So um, that's all I got for that. The Miami Heat beat uh, the. The uh, Boston Celtics last night in overtime. The Heat are a handful. I saw that block. I can't even. I can't remember or can't pronounce his name. But the block he did on Tatum in overtime. 
like the different angles I watched that block was just more and more impressive. His wrist was like backwards into the rim, into the cylinder, and he like brings it back out. It was insane. Bam Adebayo. Is that a sound bite or is that his that's name? His, that's his name. He All was right. actually last year in the in summer league. He was uh, they had Hassan Whiteside in, in camp, who was, who was their starting center. And they drafted Bam out of bio, but no one, he was, he had practice squad written all over him. Like he wasn't coming out of college. He wasn't a big scorer and, you know, but he did, he's a, just a typical, like work hard, work on my game, improve. And his, his learning curve was like steep, but his improvement was just as impressive. So I, uh, wow. Amazing stuff. Great block. Beautiful block. Yeah, that'll be a good, uh, it's already a good series. You know, like I said, uh, you asked me if I was going to watch it. Uh, I didn't watch game one. Normally, game ones are pretty lame. Uh, that yeah. one lived up to the bill. So it's going to be uh, an intense. No doubt. I'm curious to see how, how the Celtics come back. But I was curious to see that before. But they've they've proved themselves. Jimmy Butler is a, a gamer. So oh, um, yeah. it's going to be. Uh, oh, yeah. It's good for good for Miami. Anyway, a good series. We'll see who gets through. I think the Denver Lakers game uh, series is going to be pretty, uh, pretty interesting as well. So I have I'll one more question in. for you, Brock. Yep. Related to uh, what I posted this morning with regards to the NCAA and its athletes. And this is, we could probably do a whole show on this. 100%. Uh, but um, my question to you is should NCAA, and we're, let, let's, let's call a spade a spade here, um, should the NCAA, and it's primarily college football, and uh, men's college football, men's college basketball, who are we kidding? They generate so much money. Should the NCAA consider creating, investigating uh, a minor league system as an affiliate so these kids can actually get paid? And we see it in, we see it in baseball where the minor league guys, they're not paid a ton, but they're paid. Um, the NCAA, these, these athletes are making their institutions so much money and they're seeing nothing in, in return. Other than like uh like you we discussed before off air like tuition, um, is something going to change? I mean, I know it's there's a lot changed. of litigation right now. <clears throat> it's already changed to a point. So there's uh I think uh, I think most states have approved it. Uh, but now, so if you go on to YouTube, you start looking at YouTube. There's a there's a receiver for Oklahoma State that I follow not not that I follow, but I've seen a few of his. Uh, his videos where, you know, he's got friends that are like Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, I think his brother might play somewhere or some another alumni. But anyway, he's got like uh, videos that compare the day of life of a college player versus a professional player. So it was him doing his whole day and then Mike Williams of the Chargers doing his whole day. Um, and it's kind of, you know, the variances, whatever. And I looked and I'm like, there's a lot of views. And I was looking and he's got a lot of videos. He's got, uh, you know... I took over Odell's house for the day and he's got that video. Anyway, he's got a lot of followers. They've allowed athletes, <clears throat> collegiate athletes to um, profit off of social media platforms like they do now. Um, uh, I don't know if the, like there's no video game yet, but if they do have the video, they, there was a lawsuit that was, you know, um, upheld or whatever for uh, people getting compensated for likeness in NCAA football games and stuff. And you say, okay, you're in the game. You get certain, you know, some money. So they they can make money other places, but it's not directly paid for the product they're putting on the field. So it's changed to a point, but it's also 
Not necessarily, because unless you're one of those top faces, you're not really going to be um, benefiting a lot from yeah. those kind of avenues. But they are putting the same amount of effort in, they're the same amount of um, uh, contri- contribution to the team and what they're doing on the field. So I think you know they need to, they deserve something. That's uh, again, I don't have a specific answer for that question. It's interesting. They do have to find something, but. I know from an NCAA standpoint, their their concern is losing, you know, like the affiliation with the schools. That's obviously a huge thing for NCAA. So if it's a semi-pro, is it the school's semi-pro thing? Or is it like a, you know, major hockey where it's like the whole Olympics are there. They go to that school still, but they're getting paid because it's a, an affiliate program or whatever. Yeah. Uh, not affiliate program, but like a, a semi-pro type feel. Um, so if they lose that connection to the schools, I know the schools aren't going to want that because that's direct revenue for the school. Um, you know, and the NCAA and themselves are not going to be doing the investigation. Let's be serious because yeah. am I, am I going to go investigate how I can take money out of my pocket and put in somebody else's, you know what I mean? Well, that's it. Right? Generally that's not. It, exactly. So the NCAA is not going to do that. Somebody has to do that. Um, and, um, you know, I don't know if it's if it comes down from the NFL and stuff too, because it's such a feeder thing right to the pros that um, you know there is a relationship there, and they gotta you know I know that the NFL supports the the NCAA as as you know that kind of relationship, and I just don't know whose best interest it would be. So it's gonna be the players that are gonna have to really sort of stand up for themselves, but it's hard to do as a student athlete. So um, yeah, you know it's it's uh, it's a it's a, a question that is for a longer debate, uh, a lot more thought into it, a lot more research into it. But I would love to discuss this further on an actual episode for it, bring in a couple guys that I know who are uh, a little bit more entrenched into that uh, that life and uh, and see where maybe there's some possibilities, there's some issues, uh, that kind of stuff. But I uh, would love to discuss that further because it's a huge, I know. Uh, huge thing. I know NCAA football is as uh, is slightly ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, progress here. I know there's the TV rights have changed in NCAA football, but basketball not so much. Um, so, I mean, they've got work to do. But yeah, there's at least there's dialogue now. Before it was so, it seemed like in the 80s and 90s everything was so rigid with the NCAA. They were like the the king of the the kings of the hill, and there was no questioning anything that they they did or anything that they implemented. Now. At least there's some dialogue, so that's a good start. Um, I, I would, I do think these kids put in a, a work week when it comes to what they put into their to, into their programming and to uh, sorry into their uh, into their sport. So, I mean, forty hours a week—that's what we work. So, but we're paid for it. These guys have to put in forty hours a week and go to school. Yeah. So and not get paid for it. And not get paid for it. That's crazy. <clears throat> anyway, uh, a debate for another time. So. We want to get to the NFL. I'll let yeah, you take the, let's, take the lead on this. Let's do this. We're going to go, we're going to finish this one. Okay. Cause it's already too long. So we're going to just, this is headlines. We went over it. What are it's we, 30? We're at uh, almost 40 minutes now. What? Okay. Yeah. Fair. That's so crazy. We're going to end this episode. We will, you and I will stick around and we'll do the NFL one, but uh, we're going to end this. So, um, sayonara to everybody on the video. Peace. <laughs> well, for those on the podcast, I got the audio. So I got a couple songs today. Um, <clears throat> you ever listen to a song and very Weird Al Yankovic style, you sort of like, you think you hear something or you change the lyric in your head and now you can't go back? 
uh, often. Okay, so there's a song on the radio, and uh, I didn't know what it was called. It ends up being, uh, it's called Meeting in My Bed, I think. And I, when I'm singing the song in the truck, I always say, yes, I'm eating in my bed because I have had food in my bed. Like, it's, like I think of being a college student. I'm like, yeah, I'm eating in my bed, watching TV or whatever. So uh, this is the song. Yes, I'm meeting in my bed. Eating in my bed. Yes, I'm meeting in my bed. Anyway, so that, oh, was, wow. <laughs> that one stuck out to me because I had it on the next episode uh, when we do the NFL one. I have two other songs that kind of came to mind too. Uh, that I remember I, I used to sing and I used to put different lyrics in. I think it was partly because of the situation. Uh, one was R. Kelly, and then uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> the other one was that song Blue. Remember Blue? Oh, I love that song. Yeah, but I kept thinking it was a song about blue balls. Anyway, um, okay. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. We're going out. We'll be right Whoa. back with the NFL. <laughs>